I'm excited to tell you about a new and absolutely free resource we have available for women 40 and over. It is a weekly newsletter called Feisty 40 Plus, and it's created for active women who want to live their strongest, healthiest, happiest lives. Each week, we dig into the newest research and tell you exactly what you need to know. You'll find science-based training tips, nutrition advice, and much more. We also highlight badass women doing super cool stuff, which I really love. There's no fluff, there's no filler, just information, inspiration, and tangible steps that will help you continue to do all the stuff you love doing while feeling your happiest, healthiest, and best. Sign up at feistymenopause.com to stay in the know. are listening to Hit Play, Not Pause, a feisty menopause podcast for active, performance-minded women. I am your host, Celine Yeager. Each week, I bring you advice from athletes, scientists, researchers, and other experts to help you feel and perform your best, no matter what your hormones are doing. This show is a production of Live Feisty Media. Hello, strong, feisty women. So I have one this week for you that I know will hit a nerve somewhere inside every single one of you. It's about ageism. A few weeks ago, Velocio ambassador Joan Swain posted a series of photos of herself, unvarnished, unretouched, honest, raw photos of her 65-year-old self. And she included a long moving caption that included these words. Turning 65 has been an age that has been a challenge for me to admit, not because I'm afraid to age and not because I'm afraid of what age has in for me. It's hard because I've allowed myself to be impacted by the ageism which exists in my world, which I have confronted starting around the age of 55. So here I sit, having felt the undertones of ageism for almost 10 years now and realizing just recently how much this is impacting my ability to relish my time in life rather than hiding it. She goes on to say, this photo shoot is about a celebration of aging and a solid nudge to brands across all industries, including cycling, that not only do we exist, but we are not so inspired by the constant flagrant flogging of youthful beauty. As much as I appreciate it and recognize its value for a certain portion of the market, I am tired of not being recognized for the contribution we as a group make. We are athletic. We are beautiful. We are intelligent. We live full lives. And we wear your clothes, your shoes, your accessories, and ride your bikes. I challenge all to make this as attractive and marketable as it actually is. And with that, I knew I had to have her on the show because I firmly believe that any stigma and or shame that menopause still carries is rooted in ageism and our fear of aging as women. And this is not an easy conversation, but I think it's a vital one. Joan is on a mission to change the narrative around aging and to improve our representation And I, for one, am here for it and am happy to join her. And I hope you all enjoy this one as much as I did. I will put links in the show notes to all of her work to make it easy to find. 
All right. Before we get to it, as always, check us out on Instagram and Facebook at Feisty Menopause. Sign up for that free weekly menopause blog I put out each week at feistymenopause.com. You can learn more about our Level Up membership, where we sit down with experts three or four times a month and discuss all issues from sleep to hormones to nutrition. That's at feistymenopause.com, too. And remember, you can send me voicemail questions at our SpeakPipe webpage, and there's a link to that in the show notes as well. Finally, quick thanks to AminoCo for their continued support of the show. I'm a huge fan of their Perform Essential Amino Acid product, and I am 100% sure it helped me through all of my Ironman 70.3 training. So thanks, AminoCo, for your continued support. Okay, enough of me. Let's have a few words about our awesome sponsors and get on with the show. Good sleep. The one thing that sets you up for a great workout and a good day is quality sleep. We talk about it all the time here on the show, which is why I'm stoked to have Lagoon Sleep as a new sponsor. Because one of the most overlooked tools in a great sleep toolbox is the thing you literally rest your head on eight hours a night, your pillow. A quality pillow is everything. Otherwise, you end up tossing, turning, punching, and folding your pillow, waking up with neck pain, and all the stuff that happens when your pillow doesn't meet your personal comfort needs. Say hello to the most comfortable sleep you've ever had with Lagoon. They start you out with a two-minute personalized pillow quiz and then pair you with your perfect pillow. I got the Otter, a cooling adjustable pillow that is perfect for side sleepers who run warm at night like I do. It is a dream. It's fully adjustable, so I was able to get the perfect loft and support, and the cooling feature is everything. As someone who turned into a furnace every evening before menopause, I appreciate that the Otter is stuffed, with shredded gel-infused memory foam, which instead of trapping heat from my neck and head, draws it away and dissipates it. It's truly delightful. I'm a good sleeper, and Otter's taken it to the next level with both support and cooling. Put my head down, good night, Irene. My aura ring confirms what little tossing and turning I was doing is gone. The beauty of the pillow quiz is you can get the perfect pillow that you need to and make your sleep the best sleep you can have. Go to lagoonsleep.com slash hit play and take the two minute quiz to find your perfect match. And then use the code hit play, all caps, one word for 15% off your first purchase. Sweet dreams. All right. Well, good morning, Joan. It is good morning. Great, great to great to see you. We we chatted briefly yesterday, and then I was like, "Let's do a show because there's uh, so much to talk about on on this topic." And you know, be, before we like really get into it, like I'd love you to tell me a little more of your history here and how you got into cycling. Oh, okay. Well, I um. I've always been a cyclist at some in some capacity. Um, I think in my younger years, it was more about commuting and uh, doing a little bit of touring. Mm -hmm. Um, I was probably sounds funny saying this for European people, but from a North American perspective, I mean, I was riding my bike to work when I was in um, in the early 80s. Right. Wow. I didn't have a car. I never got a car till I was 30. So it makes I you always, an anomaly. <laughs> yeah, it, it was then. I mean, it was the point where people would always say, oh, I saw you riding your bike. And I'm like, yeah, yeah. <laughs> nobody would say that now. But then it was right. kind of a, 
an anomaly. So I'd say that that was probably, you know, the first time that I really got into cycling. Um, but I was never really into road riding until I turned 50. Um, I got my first road bike when I turned 50. I kind of took a break from cycling um, in terms of where it was, you know, anywhere in my life. And then I ended up getting divorced when I was 50. And I felt like I I needed something different in my life. I needed something that introduced uh, a social component that would help me branch out into a different community. And so I was lucky enough at the time to be living in Whistler. I, I live in Girona now in Spain, but I am actually here in Whistler right now. You can see all the beautiful trees in the background. Yeah. Um, and I was really blessed to join a group that was called Tag Cycling that was run by um, a couple of ex-Olympians. Oh, cool. And true coaches. They were amazing. And they not only bred... Um, uh competency in cycling and learning to ride properly but they did just an amazing job of community building and so that's kind of how i got started and within a year you know i was doing my first fondo and all that kind of stuff and then um yeah so i've always been very involved with women's groups in cycling um that tends to be the area i go i think because in the beginning, I felt quite vulnerable in groups, and I just felt mm -hmm. like I had better community support with women um, in general. And uh, yeah, so then it kind of extrapolated when I moved to Girona. I didn't move to Girona for the cycling, as you know, most people probably know. Girona is <laughs> a cycling. Many uh, do. <laughs> yes, yes, center. Um, and I, I, I went there because you know, for a lot of variety of different reasons, and cycling was going to be. Uh, part of that, but it, it wasn't meant at the time to be such a large component that it, it ended up being. Um, and so getting into Girona just completely changed my, my cycling community um, in terms of feeling uh, welcomed, not just in women's groups, but in groups in general. Mm -hmm. um, yeah. And then, so now I basically road ride and I took up gravels gravel uh about a year and a half ago welcome and i would yeah so that's it i'd say it probably makes up about 25 percent of my life now in terms of the things that i do are centered around uh whether it's riding a bike engaging with people that i ride bikes with or going to events that i feel are conducive to you know to 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 my my spirit when it comes to to riding so let's talk a little bit about that because, you know, you sort of came to my attention with the post that I have referenced in the intro of this show, you know, that you did with Velocio. And I'll just say that, you know, I'll, I'll read like just your first paragraph. It says, turning 65 has been an age that has been a challenge for me to admit, not because I'm afraid of age and not because I'm afraid of what age has in for me. It's hard because I have allowed myself to be impacted by the ageism which exists in my world, which I have confronted starting around the age of 55. And I would, there's a lot to impact there, but I'd like to, in your words, like, what were you confronting at that time? What were you feeling? Oh, well, I mean, it, it kind of started in my 40s where I was starting to get little hints of just a shift in terms of how the general community would engage in conversation. And, and, and a lot of it had to do with um, 
how can I say this? Um, Is it your active community? We're talking about the cycling no, community? No, general. No, I think okay. we're talking general community. Yeah, yeah. Um, just things, this sounds a bit odd. And I, I was thinking about this this morning because I thought you might ask this question. And I, I was, you know, wondering how to answer it. But some of the little hints that started were things like, um, having engaging conversations with youth. Um, so when I was in my twenties and my thirties, it was very easy to engage with young women, young men. Um, you know, nobody ever kind of turned away from a conversation with you. They were always willing to listen. And then sometimes mm -hmm. somewhere in my forties, and it, it, it happened more, I think with, with, uh, men rather than women is that, they just didn't seem to engage in the conversations anymore. It was like all of a sudden I, maybe I was a bit older, um, something, something shifted and I couldn't really put my hands on it, but it was just, it was just there. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And then I started to feel it a bit at work. Um, I remember I sort of like when I turned 50, I was, I was um, laid off for a better word to say. And at the time, it was a massive layoff within the company and it wasn't personalized at all. I understood a lot of the reasons for it, but I'd worked with this company for 20 years. So it was, you know, it was impactful. And at the time I remember thinking, Oh, it just looks like they're eliminating a lot of the director roles, like these senior level kind of roles. And I sort of thought about it in terms of, uh, well, you know, we're the more higher level employees and, and, you know, we make a lot of money and, blah, blah, blah. But then when I look back at it and I started to do it, I went, you know what? 90% of the senior level people that got laid off were women and we're all mm. just going into the 50 bracket. And again, I tried not to blame it on that, on ageism, mm -hmm. but you know, there were all these little things that just kind of perpetuated themselves. And then what I really started to notice, and this is partly of what we're talking about today is the non-existence of people that that look like me in in branding and marketing across the board it's not just cycling it's not just um it's not just sport it's it's across the board but that was when i really started to notice that I, i'm just not seeing my face anymore it doesn't exist and it was very much there of course when i was in my 20s and my 30s um you know for the reasons that i guess that's the perceived you know beauty or attraction of of, of that that age group but it, until it started to be me yep. <laughs> looking out and i'm going okay where am i i don't see me anymore yeah i mean i want to i want to circle back to to the to the shoot and how that came about but but along those lines it is interesting because um i think that's a lot of our story you know like that we like when I was young and I'd hear, and I did hear women talk about these issues, right? Back then too, I heard older women in my life talking about these issues of invisibility or not seeing themselves represented. And I'm like, and somewhere internally, I think maybe you think, well, that won't happen to me. Or, you know, I, you just sort of like, it just sort of rolls off you. And I think, I think about this a lot, you know, the culture at large, there's a celebration, if you will, of like younger women, because you know patriarchy gets so overused but like the the system that really has been built you know around men i mean has sexualized young women as reproductive it's put all the value there right you know these young reproductive creatures 
And then once we're past that age, we're kind of cast aside because of that super narrow role. But what's interesting to me is like there just was a Harvard Business Review study that came out showing that even women in their 30s are dismissed largely because they're like they're patted on the head as being like, oh, aren't you cute? You know, in the office. And they're like, wait. And then they get a little older and they're like, oh, you're just you're not useful. And we're and everyone's like, is there ever is there a good age here? Wait, you know, that. I know. And, you know, it's interesting you bring that up. And I, I'm going to read you a quote because I was so th- this this woman who I follow on Instagram, who I just think is the most dynamic person, both, you know, she's physically gorgeous. She's intellectual. She's smart. I love her posts. Um, she's a really good. I wouldn't say she's an elite athlete, but a high end recreational athlete. And she wrote, she sent me a comment. And I, I mean, I was almost shocked because I thought, wow, I can't believe that you're already. She's maybe, I think she says she's 40, but she said, this is awesome. Thank you for sharing. You are amazing. It's a challenge not to feel irrelevant as I age, but this inspires me to let go of those thoughts. And I was thinking, I didn't even know you were there yet. You know what I mean? Like, I wouldn't yeah. have thought that she was suffering those thoughts already of of where she is in her, in her life. Well, to your point, a lot of women who you would never imagine get these messages covertly and overtly. Like I, we had a, a feisty menopause uh, performance retreat in Lake Nona last uh, spring and like, amazing amazing women who are so badass like doing all these things so strong and like the one of the women who was a trainer and literally John like seriously one of the most competent amazing well-spoken great at cueing all the things you would want in a trainer and also you know conventionally very attractive like all the boxes right and she said and she says and I'm she's I guess she's in her 40s I didn't even ask but you know, she literally had like younger people telling her, well, and, and older people in her gym saying, well, you know, there's an expiration date and you are no spring chicken. And I'm like, oh my God. Oh, yeah, yeah. Oh my God. Yeah. Like she's so valuable and they're not even paying her. Like she works on commission. You know, she like, if she doesn't get money, if she doesn't have clients. So there's no reason to like be shoving this incredibly competent, amazing woman out the door and telling her these things. And I'm just like, what is happening? Mm-hmm. I was, I was so, I, I sat with me for so, I was so mad. Yeah. I was so, so, yeah. so angry about that. I'm, I'm, I'm actually, now that I've kind of opened this up, right. It took me a long time to get to the point where I was comfortable talking about it um in the way that we're talking about it now um and again part of it had to do with maybe not wanting to i have no problem saying my age i'm 65 i that's, understand that's but these messages you've internalized this for a long freaking time and it is hard it is it's hard and and i'm okay you know i was always okay with saying my age amongst my close women friends but beyond that i yeah. just you know I, I I just never really said it <laughs> intentionally, um, <laughs> intentionally. But um, I really think that I'm I'm shocked at how many people have come back to me and said mm. the words they've used is brave. 
Yes. And I know that they're saying that because they're suffering it the same way that I was suffering it. Yes. Because I really needed to get a lot of courage to write that story and to do that photo shoot with. Well, let's talk about that photo shoot because that is brave. Because in the world of filters and in the world where we can like, oh, you can look at the the zoom and you're like, oh, I don't like how that's looking. I think I'm going to filter it. And you can, oh my God, photos. I mean, you can make yourself look ageless you know like there's not a line on your anything no um, that is yeah. a very that that required a true level of vulnerability and yes I'm going to say bravery because you you have to be so vulnerable to be like okay yes you can take a picture of my aging hands you know all the things that we have been told to feel ashamed about we grew up with porcelana ads where it's like you know, oh, she's got age spots. Use this shit to make not have age spots. Like, and like, we have been conditioned over and over and over and over and over to be ashamed of aging bodies, especially yeah. as women. We don't become yeah. silver foxes, you know, like it's, it's a thing. And that shoot, that shoot was, I, tell me about how it happened. I mean, that, that like, let's start there. Like, I don't know. I mean, I know it happened and I know what you wrote and I saw the pictures, but how did it happen? Well, I have been talking to a few of my younger friends. Um, I'm gifted with many sort of what we would call intergenerational uh, friendships in Girona. Um, and I had been communicating how I felt about ageism and, and these sort of things. And I had actually done a, a podcast with a friend who's uh, getting her PhD and she wanted to talk about that. So that was when I started to sort of start really speaking out loud some of my my thoughts and then uh jojo who's a personal friend of mine um also knew that you know what i was feeling and her mother and i are really good friends as well and her mother is exactly the same age as i am and um she just sort of said you know if you want to do something i, I would love to do a photo shoot with you and so i said okay you know Let's do it. And originally I had had this vision that we were going to be doing it more outside, more, uh, you know, on a bike. Like on the bike. Or yeah. be, you know, and then she said, I'd really like to do it in the studio. And so then I was kind of gulp, but yeah, okay, you know, let's do it. And I have a lot of confidence. I mean, she's an amazing photographer. So, um, and so we just did it in her garage set up as a studio and we took the photos and it was one of the very emotional for me um but also very relaxed i sort of just got into it i just want this is what i'm doing here i am i can't worry about whether a roll of my stomach is sticking out i can't worry about you know any of these things i just need to go with the flow i mean that's that's the idea of what i'm doing the photo shoot was as much for me my words because I had to just let it go. I had to let all of it go and just be in the moment with it. And <laughs> we're both we're both tearing up, folks. So just bear <laughs> with us. Everybody knows, and I I told you, Joan, I cry all the time. So the audience is very used to tears. Um, yeah, good. Yeah, it's true. <laughs> it's a it's a it's a place where tears are welcome. Were did you know 
I, I kind of miss, I didn't know if Jojo, was she affiliated with Velocio? Was this always intended to be with Velocio no. at this? Oh, oh, it wasn't. No, oh. no. Her and I did it together as just a, and then um, obviously, you know, we showed it to Velocio and they were very supportive of it. Um, but the you're initial, in their clothes. You're an ambassador. I am a yeah. Velocio ambassador. Yes, yeah. yes, absolutely. And I, I value that, you know, significantly for a variety of different reasons. But uh, no, it was originally Jojo and I, but we immediately put it out to them gotcha. once we got the shoot done. And, um, you know, they they were very quick to work with us to to get the photo shoot out there. Musculoskeletal health is everything during menopause. Everyone knows how much I love Joint Health Plus from Prevenex, which has helped me get back to distance running after arthritic toes stopped me in my tracks. Now they have a product that has become my go-to for muscle strength and recovery, Muscle Health Plus. Muscle Health Plus contains all the key ingredients we talk about on this show, like creatine monohydrate, essential amino acids, and branched-chain amino acids, Plus, even more cutting-edge ingredients like HMB and estrogen that are scientifically shown to increase muscle growth, recovery, and strength. I use it every day during my early morning lifting sessions, and there's no question that it helps my power during those workouts and my recovery after. Plus, I love having everything I need from the best high-quality ingredients in one reasonably priced shake. I've also heard from fellow users who have had bloating or GI upset in the past from creatine that haven't had any of that with Muscle Health Plus. I make my shake with almond milk and espresso, but it's also good with ice cold water, which makes the flavor really pop. As always, you can get 15% off your first order with the code HIPPLAY, all caps, one word, at Prevenex.com. That's HIPPLAY, all caps, one word, at Prevenex.com. Do your muscles a favor and head on over and get some today. How did it land with you when you, when you saw the post come out? Well, the first thing that was hard for me was looking at the pictures mm -hmm. um, because we agreed that there would be no, I mean, I don't think Jojo touches up much any, anyway, that's kind of her style, um, but we agreed that there would be no filtering, no touch-ups, no anything. So it was really me. It was exactly how I see myself in the mirror. <laughs> You yeah, know, I could see the lines in my lips. I could see the, you know, the, the chest. I mean, everything, you know, and um, the magic. It's funny you mentioned the hands because I, I, I can live. With, I have always been able to live with the way my hands look because they are absolutely my mother's hands. So Aww. when I look at them, I go, oh, yay. You know, I, I, I'm, I'm aging with those. But so so looking at the photographs were a little bit difficult. And I realized that. Once we put the post out, they were going to be public. Um, but I just, you know, I said to myself, this is why you're doing it, because you need to prove that this is just as beautiful as um, it's way more beautiful than a photo shoot that's been done and that you've touched up and brushed up. All right. From my perspective, I, I felt like that immediately because that's the message that we're trying to get out there. But you know, and it's, it's a form of beauty. It's a form of beauty. And it's no different than, you know, the other beautiful things that we look at in our lives. I, I, I love that. And I love, I love everything about the spirit of it. I like, 
I it's interesting because you also shared, you know, you did your own post using that same photo shoot and you chose some different images that I noticed that the Velocio chose. And this is no way as a criticism of Velocio and their campaign. And I want to make that very clear. I They have many photos to pick from and I've been in those shoots and I kind of understand what maybe they were going for with some of the choices. The one I had a very visceral reaction when I saw that, and I saw it before you even reached out to me because, you know, obviously everybody likes sharing it. It it, it made an impact, which is great. But the you know there was one, there was one of you on a stool looking in my in my eyes crestfallen. It made you look defeated in my eyes, and it made me feel profoundly sad. Yeah, because, because I I because I that's not what I was reading in your words or believing in that was coming, emanating from your heart. And I, you know, I think that they were trying to, if I had to like get into their heads as somebody who's been part of those shoots, you know, trying to sort of convey what women in this age group are feeling largely, you know, through this image. Um, It didn't work for me personally because I want to see something else, but I understand why they chose it and i'm wondering like what imagery speaks most to you out of that like you know did you have this a similar reaction to sort of that picture in particular or um yes and no i mean it was a very emotional shoot yeah that is okay so it really was i mean i i cried off and on through the whole Mm -hmm. through the whole thing um and i mean there are some that are much more (laughs) yeah yeah okay that's i mean that's fair that's fair you know yeah yeah but but i do feel that and 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 it was very important to me that this gets presented in a forward moving thoughtful way Mm -hmm. right and and positive and positive it's very easy to dive into the negative and i i i do it Right. It's very easy to kind of. So would I have chosen that photo? Probably not. But. These are the photos. And so, yeah, the opportunity is for them to be used. How how whoever, you know, uses them um, decides what they're what they're trying to to project. Right. Right. No. And that and that is that's very, very fair. And and there is sadness. And I think you know, hearing you say that softens my, you know, how I view it a little more because I'm like, okay, like I, I tend to be as my whole family and everyone who knows me knows I'm a rose colored glass full person. (laughs) So like I do, I mean, I, I do show my raw emotions and I show, of course, like sadness, but I do tend to like project as much positive, you know, like just positive energy. And that's just my personality. Yeah. What I react to, but I, I really do respect that. Yeah. I mean, if you were to take some pictures of me, you know, when I, especially now I'm going to cry, <laughs> you know, I mean, <laughs> but there is something and I'm just going to say it. There's something that happens internally. Oh, boy. When you really see yourself for the first yeah. time, when you have sort of crossed into that place where you do have the lines and the wrinkles, all the stuff that maybe you've been afraid of your whole life or whatever, and you see it and you're just like, whoa, you know, it, it it just sinks into you. And if you were to take a picture of me in that moment, it would not be 
all this projection I'm talking about, it would be a moment of like sad reflection. And that was really important. And I think Jojo really wanted to capture that. That was super important to her. And we did talk about it going to be, you know, an emotional shoot. Um, and so, yeah. 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 So yeah. now what? <laughs> you know, though, like this is out in the world. That's a what great question. Do? Yeah. So there's there's a couple of things. I mean, I had to take a step back and say, okay, what am I trying to accomplish here? Because I've never really done anything like this before. I think I sort of, you know, I referred to that a bit in my opening statements in my my posts that, you know, I I want to say suffered a lot of the whole feminism and all the mm -hmm. issues that went with that, you know, in my entire career. And I was never an activist. I was never an advocate or, you know, I just fought my own battles. And um, so I decided that this one, you know, I was just tired of sitting on the fence and, and, and listening and putting up with a lot of the stuff. So I took a step back this week and I thought, okay, what am I really trying to accomplish here? And my first goal, which is the same as, um, what it was when I did the shoot was just to bring to the forefront the fact that um, we need to be much more diversified and inclusive in the way that we market to the entire market, not just to specifics. And I think the thing that I find most insulting about um, the way that the marketing is done, especially, and, and don't get me wrong, youth is incredibly important and inspiring and very much an integral part of, of what we should be, you know, what we should be looking at. But we need to add in the rest of the, the players. Um, and, you know, we are slowly, we're not where we need to be in terms of um, color and race and gender. I mean, that's just getting jump-started in the last couple of years from my perspective. I don't think it really was in the forefront size um, but we need to add ageism in. And I think the interesting thing about ageism is that it's going to affect all of us at some point, but we don't look it and see it in the face until we're actually confronting it. So my goal is to get that out there and to get more brands um, engaged with us as a community and to see that we're not inspired by looking at people that are 30 years younger than us. I mean, that's, that's, that's not inspirational to us what we want to see is people more our age also but we're inspired by all of it to be honest i mean i am inspired by the young women and men and that i see in these ads i mean i love it but i want to see more of of me in those ads as well if i may that is also truly reflective of the cycling and a lot of the sports population like if you go to an event you don't actually see a whole lot of younger women, especially like you see a lot of women who are 40 plus, you know, are in there like they can afford the bikes. They've been here. Yep. And the title nine generation is all like, like we're here. Like there's a wave of women who are I mean, we have to just throw out this notion of what it even means to be a 50 plus athlete, you know, because we're seeing it all the time. The women winning race across America outright even among the men are fifth in their 50s they're exactly. winning the whole damn thing <laughs> like so yeah. it's just like we need to sort of like toss it all out because it, it's just a, we're a whole other generation and species now of people who've been active from the time they were young and they're going to be active until they go into the ground or whatever you know it's just the way it is 
Yeah. Anyway. Yeah. And it is just yeah, like, so, I think just normalizing it because it is normal. Yeah. And I think that's a good way to put it is normalizing it. And I mean, that needs to be done across the board with, with, with all of the different components of what we're trying to deal with when it comes yeah. to diversity and, and inclusivity. Um, and then I think the second thing is, I just want to see women happy on bikes and I want to see them. Uh, and, and I'm talking like, you know, rec- women maybe that have never ridden before. They've kind of ridden and all of a sudden they're getting the bug, which a lot of them are. And seeing that they're they're happy on bikes. And that means a lot of different things. And if you don't mind, I, can I share another little message I got from someone? Absolutely. That's why you're this, here. This was so I was so I I cried when I read this one. So this was from um, a Spanish friend who asked me to translate um, my article for me because she wasn't sure she my post because she wasn't sure whether she fully got it. So I did. And then she sent me back this message and she said, I love this message. I will be 52 next October. And on my 50th birthday, I got a gravel bike. I've never been a supportive woman. I still think I am not. What I have always been is active and a dreams catcher. The bicycle that I got when I was 50, it was third hand, not super easy to ride. And it made me the broom at all the rides I joined, which I just thought was super sweet. <laughs> well, you know, nothing lost in translation on that one. Love it. Um, but she said, I was so happy to be part of the community where I can stop listening about how old my society tells me all the time that I am. Now on my 52nd birthday, I got a new bike and she's got this beautiful uh, e-bike, gravel bike. It's just oh, nice. her and Velocio bib. She has Velocio clothing and all sorts of other comfortable stuff that now allows me to keep in the middle of the Peloton. So it's brought her that image of feeling like she's, the sweeper, you know, the broom at the end of the, what's that? Ex- what do they call it? The broom? The broom wagon is the thing that yeah, sweeps the broom you wagon. up. <laughs> From that expression of the broom wagon. And she says, you know, now I feel like I'm in the middle of the Peloton. And it's that combination of her, her bike, her clothing, her accessories. It's all of those things together that have made her feel like she can not only belong, but be comfortable in that. And I think that is a message that, that I want the brands to hear, but that's what I want women to feel when they're on their bikes. I a hundred percent agree. And we are here to help you in any way, uh, any way we can getting out this message and uh, supporting whatever endeavors, you know, that, that, you see forwarding this mission. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, the other thing there's, you know, the other thing to add on a couple of things I, I would like to see. Um, I've had really good experience with a couple of events this year that I thought were incredibly mm. inclusive mm-hmm. and focus on the community of cycling rather than just racing. So my focus on recreational athletes, because that's, that's who I am. And I think they're a large part of the market. Um, and so identifying places where, uh, women can feel comfortable going and feeling like they're going to be well supported and not feel like they're going to be, you know, left behind. And then the next thing for me, of course, is to see, you know, how to get out to the brands. And, and you know, that's my next challenge is meeting with the right people that can put me in front of the, 
you know, the, the brands that I'd like to start discussions with. I mean, I, I'd like to cross all the brands. I have a list of 30 right now that I've made that I think are um, uh, impactful, you know, in, in the market that, that have a good portion of the market. And so I'd like to see that. And that's clothing, that's bikes, it's uh, helmets, it's socks, it's whatever. Um, but start getting in front of those people, which is, is a little bit, is my challenge right now. That's, that's my next step of figuring out how to get there. Well, anyone that's listening can drop me a line. Yes. At, Thank at you. Not pause <laughs> at com, And I will pass those messages along and yeah. you can follow. I'll put uh Joan's Instagram in, in the notes and you can, you can drop her too. You can direct message her. Uh, Cause this is a, uh, I mean, I believe that this is the start of something that is only going to grow. I really do. I mean, I believe that mm-hmm. in my heart. Yeah. Yeah. I, I I feel that more now, you know, this week than I did when I first wrote what I wrote. Then it was really about just getting my words out there. And now I kind of realize that, um, you know, there's there's a lot to be done. And I think, you know, we all have ways that we can contribute to get that, to get it out there. And it's exciting. I mean, take it from someone who started the menopause podcast years ago. I know. It's exciting. Like good things happen. It's really cool. I was going through yours, you know, I was starting at the very beginning with some of your initial podcasts and I'm super proud of you. Oh, yeah. That means a lot. That means a lot. And then uh, I believe in lifting as we climb and supporting each other. It's a. Yes, absolutely. Yeah. So is there anything, Joan, that we haven't you know, addressed or other messages that you wanted to make sure that this audience heard that we haven't talked about yet in this conversation? No, I think you've done a good job of covering off everything. Well, let me ask you this. Uh, do you have contemporaries you ride with, you know, who are of the same uh, age? Yes, I have okay. this amazing group of women. Well, I have had these amazing group of women that have been my contemporaries since I started cycling. I've always been the same age. I've grown with them. Um, the group that I rode with here in Vancouver was always 50 plus. But Girona, I have this magical group of 140 women called the Girona Gravel Girls. And um, on average, we have 20 to 30 women that show up for every ride. And I would say that it's pretty much, it's all across all ages. It's crossed all ages. And it's uh, really how riding groups should look from my perspective. Um, but very supportive. And there's a lot of women that are maybe a bit younger, but 40 plus in the group. So yeah. Yeah. All right. So we're here. You you have support all around you and thank you. Um, let's all keep this, keep this movement going forward because as you mentioned, like it's sort of like menopause, like everybody like reaches these chapters and we just want to make it better for the you know, just keep kicking down walls for those coming. Yeah, behind exactly. Us. Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. And it's our, it's, it's, it's our job to do that. Well, that's our show. Come on back next week. When I sit down with my coach, Marnie Sambal, we had a great conversation about how she trained me back up for an Ironman 70.3 after, oh, a 15-year hiatus from triathlon. She's so thoughtful and insightful and well-spoken. You won't want to miss this one. 
So come on back. And until then, as always, stay feisty. You've been listening to Hit Play, Not Pause, a feisty menopause podcast for active, performance-minded women. I'm your host, Celine Yeager. The show is edited and produced by the strong, talented, and amazing women at Live Feisty Media. Follow us on social media at Feisty Menopause, and please help us spread the word. Screenshot and share this episode on your social media channels with the tag at Feisty Menopause. Share the show with your friends, and please subscribe, like, review, and rate this show wherever you get your podcasts. Word of mouth and good reviews make it easier for other listeners to find. Thanks for listening, and as always, stay feisty. Stay feisty.